David Coulthard drives an incredible race to hold off Michael Schumacher in the wet. Disaster for one Pablo Montoya in his third ever race in Formula One and a whole lot of names that we recognize today. G'day there. My name is James Baldwin and welcome to another episode of Lakeside Drive's F1 podcast. In this episode, it's a classic race review, this time of the 2001 Brazilian Grand Prix. And I'm joined, as always, by my friends and yours, the very tired Thomas J. Camp. Hello there, mate. Boys, how are you? Doing pretty well, thank you. And Tommy T. Hello, friend. For once, I'm not the tired one. I love this. I know. Yeah, it's, it's uh, good. It's a good vibe, a good vibe all round. Uh, we were just having a very light-hearted, easy conversation about politics before we started recording. Uh-huh. So Camp is in a wonderful frame of mind. Well, I'm going to show you. I've slept a bit. Four hours since Friday because of these storms. God, the Let me get my notepad out. Let me get my notepad out, Campy, so I can write it's down going to be time ten stands. minutes by the time we finish I, this bloody story, I, isn't it? I didn't help myself. I got up at three a.m. this morning, went round to the old man's to watch the uh, All Blacks Wales game. So that <laughs> I'm just feeling the pain of it right now. I'm just crawling up inside because I'm getting some sleep. <laughs> Massive shout out to your commitment to sport, my friend. Oh, yes. uh, that is the real lakeside driveway. I look forward to your rugby podcast whenever that is going to happen, no, no, something no, no. that I would listen to. Uh, very, very good. Hey, everyone. Uh, look, massive shout out to you if you have subscribed to our YouTube channel. 593 of you have done that. Huge and so good, really. Thank you so much for that. It's fantastic to have your support. Uh, we're not far away from re- reaching our 1,000. 1,000 subscribers means we can start making some ad revenue on YouTube. I'm just going to tell you that and I'm going to keep banging on about it because it doesn't cost you anything, but it helps us a huge amount. Also, a shout out to our Discord server, of course. If you want to be part of our community, the best way to do that is to jump on our Discord. The link is either in the description below if you're watching or in the description below if you're listening as well. Uh, and a thank you as as well to Raw Doggies, which is an interesting username on Apple Podcasts, leaving us a five-star review. He says, cracker of a show, great for those people who have jumped onto the F1 train because of Drive to Survive. Really, really great stuff. Thank you to you for that. But this is a classic race of you. It's good to finally do one. It's great that Campy <laughs> had all the time in the world to watch the race, all the time in the world to prepare, and he's only watched it just before we started recording. So good stuff from him. Tommy T, though, this seems to be your bag. It was your good idea, Pinata, way it? back when in the early part of the year. So give us a little <laughs> bit of background, could you, don't, to 2001. <laughs> I will. 2001 <laughs> Brazilian Grand Prix. What race in the calendar is it? Where are we at? All that sort of other stuff. Give us some yep. BG. Give it. Give us the lay of the land. So it's very, very different, obviously, than the current regulations, all the things that we're used to now. So this was Brazil was the third race of the year, which we're not used to at the moment. It's near the end of the calendar. So third race of the year, we'd had Melbourne before, and I can't remember the other one. But anyway, Schumacher had won both and had pole in all three going into this. Brazilian race. So he was on fire. Um, the engines, we've got V10s, uh, no more than 3000 CC. Traction control was allowed back again, which is bizarre. It was outlawed in 94. We also had automatic transmission and launch control. So basically we're running some go-karts. I reckon Campy could even have a run at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> All the driver Mate, he'd, aids. he'd hurt his neck into, into lap two. Yeah. <laughs> Did you just say automatic <laughs> transmission? Automatic flappy paddle gearboxes. Flappy yeah. paddles. Flappy paddles, right. So, yeah. so like, like what we got now. Yeah. 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 Um, rear wings were limited to three elements. Jeez, the scoring we could use was, that today, couldn't we? You're not wrong. <laughs> you reckon bring that back. The, uh, the scoring was only the top six. It was 10, 6, Good. 4, 3, 2, 1. Mm. Uh, it was the rookie season of Montoya, Kimi, and Alan- uh, Alonso. Uh, Persia had just pulled out of the sport. Uh, from the previous year, and Renault was new and was um, supplying engines for, was it Williams no, or one of the other Williams teams? I can't remember. We also had Michelin come in as a tyre supplier. So we had two tyre suppliers. Can you talk to us about why and how two tyre suppliers worked? We had the Michelin and the Bridgestone, and the Bridgestone was by far the better tyre, but they only <laughs> supplied tyres to corrupt teams like Ferrari and <laughs> <laughs> 
That's the answer well, I wanted. Yeah. Just like a couple of minutes in, boom, corruption. Yeah, look, <laughs> Love I'm, it. I'm a bit grumpy this morning. This Love it. No, couldn't tell. But, uh, Can you imagine if that happened now? Yeah, it was just another way that Ferrari gave the finger to the rest <laughs> of the paddock, really, and uh, hence why they won five world championships on the spot because they had mm-hmm. better tyres. The Michelin's... Did perform on uh, on some on some tracks like this one. Saw mm. one Pablo. It was the first time he really uh, he really got, had the chance to drive on a track where the Michelin's worked. But uh, yeah, the Bridgestones were by far the better tire at the time. James and I were talking before you jumped on. Do you reckon there's a place for multiple tire suppliers going into the future of F1? Do you reckon we thought maybe what if you had two tire suppliers and you got to pick your choice between two? Not that you were aligned to just one for the whole season as a team. Uh, I kind of like that. The problem with tires is there's too many variables as it is. Why would you try and introduce more variables for tires? Because you've got to make want, a good decision then. Well, we just want tires that can go flat out for 25 laps and then fall off a cliff and die and we want minimum two stops a race, if not three so, stops. Like, that's what we so, want. So so Campy's going to be the director of Pirelli, it sounds like, and just make that happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good job for you, actually. Yeah, Pirelli. <laughs> I don't think Pirelli performed over the last sort of two or three years. I don't think so either, and, to be honest. Yeah. No. I mean, they're We're trying. Going back to Bridgestone. Yeah. Uh, but why would Bridgestone come back? Or Michelin. Yeah. I mean, they got out and they left because of politics in the sport. They were just like, can't handle this. This yeah. is stupid. Pirelli mm. jumped in. I mean, why would you want to associate yourself with F1, you know, under the Bernie <laughs> Eccleston era if you weren't in the good books? Like, honestly, like, you're on the yeah, outer. It's a different so, era, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, different eras. Maybe they? there's uh, some sure. room for uh, new, like, American suppliers. I don't know, like Mickey Thompson coming with Mickey there. Thompson. <laughs> gets, <laughs> Get some Degan 38 tyres on the, uh, on the Formula One. <laughs> <laughs> Jeepers. <laughs> Just saying it now. It's the only time the Campy would be interested probably in talking tyre talk. Uh, and look, um, Betterton, by the way, was the Renault-powered team. Yes. Uh, it, look, talk about 2001, Tommy T, because oh, I've got I some mean, little highlights here, don't it I? It feels like it's only a couple of years ago, but it was, not in that fact, long, 20 years ago. 20 bloody years ago. Uh, yeah, talk. What, what was going on? Just to put you back in that frame of mind, so we've got, I'm just going to go random order on this stuff. Tiger Woods wins his second Masters and Lance Armstrong wins the Tour de France. We've got U2 wins a Grammy for that ridiculous album that wasn't that great, was it, Campy? Nope. I like U2 as well, but like that beautiful day record was a stinker. (laughs) Gladiator wins an Oscar. Russell Crowe wins that. Oh, good movie. The Xbox is released. We've got the first Harry Potter movie comes out. We've got George W. Bush is sworn in and then declares the war on terror. We've got iTunes begins and also Wikipedia starts, which is where I got all this information from. So that's just (laughs) a nice little synergy right there. (laughs) It is. It's a different different time. But like you said, James, it doesn't feel that long ago, but also it is a lifetime ago. Yeah, well, well, I was in year yeah. eight, and I can assure you, I had a smaller beard than what I did now, and I was I was still fighting them <laughs> off back then too. So. <laughs> I hear you were a bit of a, a basketball prodigy, Candy. No, no, no. You were pretty good back at back in the day. At basketball, Who was your hero back then? Was it was it was the goat? Wasn't it was LeBron it? James? Was, wasn't was it? LeBron James the goat of Ugh, basketball? LeBron, no. a young high school LeBron, was your was your idol? That no, was probably uh, no. I was, <laughs> Probably Voss or James Heard, though, my two favourite footy players. So. You're a dickhead, Tommy. Mark is going to slap you. I'm trying Mark to He's going to fire me in a dark alley, isn't he? I'm doing it to wind him up. This is the kind of podcast that we are, by the way. We're only really doing an inside joke for one of our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> out of the thousands that we have, <laughs> this is how it plays out. Yeah, bizarre, yeah. bizarre time. And For some sure. awesome brands existed uh, in sponsorship. Of course, there was a lot of cigarette branding, but some other good ones yeah. too, TT. Which is bizarre to think that only 20 years ago we still had cigarette branding everywhere. But, yeah, we had classic Marlboro. We had Lucky Strike matches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We saw Orange Mobile, which became, what, 3 Mobile and then morphed into whatever the heck it is Vodafone, now. I think, saw, yeah. That's right. We saw Nokia, yeah. which was also <laughs> who the hell has a Nokia anymore? <laughs> Compaq as well in that same Compaq. vein. 
Yeah. Yes. I mean, that was the a good logo though, so no one cares. Yeah. Um, I saw an excellent looking Ferrari bucket hat, which I really loved and I would wear now actually. If someone can find me a 2001 era Ferrari bucket hat, I would happily wear it. Yeah. Um, and we saw the start of Red Bull on the Sauber uniforms. And this was obviously well before they were a team themselves. It was, mm. yeah, good to see them entering the sport as first as a sponsor before they came over and just took over a whole team. Well, yeah, you look back at, you know, the OG photos of, of Kimi, who is in this race in the Sauber uniform and, of course, the massive Red Bull logos all over that car. Um, an interesting thought, isn't it, that Red Bull have gone all over the place with their branding in Formula 1 and MotoGP yeah, and the rest yeah. of it before they went into these teams. Uh, and, to, yeah, I mean, amazing, amazing thought process all the way back then to be inside yeah. the sport. Red Bull's yeah, a funny time. brand. Red Bull's a funny brand for me. I don't remember ever knowing what Red Bull was until – about 2010, I was like, what is this Red Bull? <laughs> Didn't even know, like, it was in any drink and you could buy it somewhere. I was like, this, geez, this popped up from absolutely out of nowhere. But then you read the history of it and it goes back to, like, 1980s oh, or something. Like, wow. It's crazy. There yeah. you go. It, it's also to the point for me now that when someone says Red Bull, I think about the Formula One team and I yeah. don't think about an energy drink, which yep. is an interesting space to be for a brand like that from a marketing point of view of how Big they time. position themselves. Yeah. Yeah, really, really Lewis, interesting. Old Lewis has got some aspirations taken out of ours then, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about the overall packaging, Tommy T. Uh, we will do Tommy T's oh. television broadcast review and then we'll talk a little bit about the race. Cracking. Cracking? Oh. You're an idiot. Oh, so good. <laughs> You're an idiot. It was horrible. This oh, was a, the, it was the this best. Was, <laughs> this was peak level of craptastic, as I would say, yeah. of graphics. The graphics were Did you were see the opening oh, graphics on KO? It was hideous. The FIA hideous. with the Formula the, One yeah, car, with the car in the logo. That was mm. crap, wasn't it? That is, that is great 2000s branding. Oh, It was absolutely horrible. I don't know who that commentator was. James and I were thinking, I read somewhere that this was Murray Walker's last year commentating and I think he finished up in the US or something but whoever this was this guy was useless he had just monotone he didn't get excited whatsoever but he DC crosses the line he's like and he's 71 laps in and he's just I was like is it over? Has we got one more left? Like he had no idea what was going on there was no cadence there was nothing the guy was an idiot it was very tell me why I'm wrong absolutely loved it no fluff just told me what I needed to hear when I needed to hear it <clears throat> None of no the bullshit that we hear it on today's TV. No dad jokes, just absolute quality. Got a five-minute break from mid-race when the ad breaks were on too. Oh, just bring it back. Everyone spun, did a 360. It wasn't even acknowledged on the on the commentary. He just did a 360, continued on. It was, wasn't even mentioned. It would be like Mazepin spinning today. Oh, and Mazepin <laughs> spinning again. That time 12. Quality. Quality. Be, uh, that was an interesting British voice you did. Can we, can we can hear you do that some for the rest of the, pod? the next five minutes of you just speaking properly as if you were commentating on the race? No, I don't know how I'll do it. I think I'll just try to do it. And- <laughs> He's delirious and tired. You just <laughs> found, found somewhere in there. Okay, so but what did you think of the actual television production? Because I, I oh, have yeah. to say the the pit lane cameramen were not afraid of getting in the way of the mechanics servicing the car. <laughs> nope. A couple of times where they're like, and the tire guy had to like go around the cameraman. Yeah. They did not care, did they? I think it's also pretty incredible that the technology of cameras back then was far, like so much more inferior, but still we had onboards, we had all these kind of things. Like we said this in the, the previous mm. one that we did. It's incredible that they had onboard footage as good as it is back then, considering now sometimes it breaks apart and we can barely see it. So, yeah, that was incredible. I think some of the angles were a bit higher and more awkward than they are yep. now. Like we have far better camera position maybe to watch racing. It was very kind of clunky in parts and it was almost like hard to recognize the track wasn't it because we, we're so used to watching brazil it was like where, what oh that's like that's coming into turn three yeah. like, where am i like one of the I think things we're just so that, acclimatized to what it is now one of the things that i was talk, having a conversation with someone about liberty media and what they changed from bernie to today is you know taking the cameras down significantly to make the cars 
appear faster, which yeah. they are anyway, but give, you know, give the whole thing a little bit more momentum so it gives that, you know, sense that you're actually there. Whereas oh. the old school way of thinking was, you know, as high as possible so you don't have to have as many Less camera cameras. points around the yeah. track. Anyway, and it makes a huge difference. And especially having the mics yeah. around the track too, even, you know, Coda a couple of years ago and meow, guys standing in the bloody <laughs> tower. <laughs> as funny yeah. as that was, it just, that those <laughs> microphones are for like ambience and, you know, the car sounds and the crowd noise and everything else. So I, I really think and, and praise Liberty for doing what they're doing. But it, as you say, TT, it's, a, it's going back at this 20 years ago and looking at the significant change. Mm. Uh, it just doesn't feel the same, does it? Nah, it's it's real different, isn't it? But it, it was, I mean, think about it. It was pretty impressive for what it was back then. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just struggle with the lack of enthusiasm maybe from the commentator. I would like to know when something's important or happened. Like I think he, maybe he got a bit excited when Crash Verstappen decided to do something and that was about <laughs> it. That was it. And then it was just yeah. monotone, just like nothing interesting was happening and he just wanted to so go. So TT then. But you're coming how- out of this, you're coming out of that era with Murray Walker, who like obviously Who's had his Murray. The best. Who I would relate to like a Richie Benno for Australian cricket, right? Yeah. Very mm-hmm. understated in absolutely everything they did. I mean, Murray yeah. obviously got excited and was way more, way more exciting than what a Richie was. But like that was the thinking. It's a gentleman sport back then. Mm. It's a, it's a, you know, sometimes it's better to not say anything than to mouth off and get excited and go with the crowd because we are commentators and we are better. That was sort of the thinking, I think which I, right, I, I kind of like. I kind of compared like to that, coffee, but, which is excited about nothing. Yeah, but you listen to um even uh. Uh, what's his name? Ted was doing some like, you know, what's going on in the pits stuff. And that was very, very laid back from what you see today as well, which mm-hmm. I, I very much like. But in saying that, if I had a choice to go back to that category in 2001 next weekend or what we've got, I'd be going back to 2001 absolutely every day of the week because old school and V10s are better. <laughs> Put it that way. It sounded great, didn't it? <laughs> it sounded amazing. Uh, and it could have done with more microphones around the place for that exact reason. Uh, yeah, just it's a totally different vibe. But look, I mean, that's why we love it. It's a classic race review for this reason, even if although it feels a couple of years ago. Um, all right, Tommy T, how much? How many points out of ten? I should say. Ooh. Uh, I might give it an eight actually, because it, it was oh, pretty you've completely. Good. You've written in your notes monotone and shit. <laughs> Monotone and shit from the commentary, no excitement levels. <laughs> and give it a The graphics got me back. The that ties in, actually. There you go. Yeah, oh, the graphics the, was uh, good. The very simple <laughs> graphics of, you know, at least you well, got the car number and the well, big Well, you know what I do like was... as well? I don't like the digital branding that they put on post where they just have a green screen or whatever live mm. and then they throw in this yeah, digital yeah. billboards. Give us real billboards. Get out there. Don't be lazy. Get a screen... Yep. Out there and bloody get a sign writer out there and bloody paint it. I want to see it on track. <laughs> I don't want to see the digital thing moving around dumb. Oh, that's great. All right. Let's let's talk about the qualifying positions because this is important, of course, for the race. Uh, and look, here, here are the drivers. You, you will notice uh, or maybe you will be aware of some of these names at least. Uh, Michael Schumacher was in first. His brother, Ralph Schumacher, who was driving for Williams, uh, was second. Um, and he was only 0.35 a second off of Michael, which was interesting. Um, there, was one, this, there was one tenth between the top eight, I think there was. Yeah, incredible. Like really incredible stuff. Mm. Um, but. I mean, that's that's an awesome, you know, little combo. I love that. It's the first time that two brothers have been on the front row of a Formula One uh, Grand Prix. Mickey Hackenden started in third, one Pablo Montoya fourth, uh, David Coulthard fifth, Rubens Barrichello sixth, Yano uh, Trulli, Heinz, Harold Frentzen in eighth, Nick Heidfield in ninth, Kimi Raikkonen in tenth, which is great in his third race, uh, Olivier Panis in eleventh, Jacques Villeneuve in twelfth, Eddie Irvine thirteenth, uh, Bertie fourteenth, Lacey fifteenth, Bernoldi sixteenth, Max, <laughs> Max? Wrong, <laughs> incorrect. Vakrashen. Yoss. Vakrashen. Yoss. 17th. Fisichella uh, in 18th. Alonso, 19th. Button, 20th. Mazzucane, 21st. And Marquez, 22nd. And also 22 cars, a good number of cars on the grid. Let's have another team entering Formula One soon, please. Uh, actually, yep. that reminds me. Can I just enter this in here? I said in a previous episode that the whole Alfa, let me just jump back to 2021, yes. the Alfa Romeo 
um, situation with Andretti, it's done. No, as in it's no good. It's not happening. Yes. Um, they walked backwards from it pretty significantly last week, so that's unfortunate. Yeah. It means sounds, that, like, um, sounds like Andretti were talking it up more than Sauber <clears throat> were. So. It right. kind of then seems now to me that Guan Yu Zhou is going to have that second seat next to um, our man VB. Anyway, let me go back in time 20 years. Uh, an interesting qualifying <laughs> grid. Though, and, yeah. you know, fantastic when you think for uh, the rookies of Montoya is starting in fourth in a Williams, um, Raikkonen is Sauber in tenth. Imagine have Sauber, I mean, that's, I mean, he's back there now and that's where he's <laughs> starting now, which is interesting. Um, and, <laughs> oh, I mean, Button in oh, 20th, in, incredible. Uh, and Alonso, I should say, also in 19th in a Minardi. <clears throat> Forget that he was in a Minardi. It's just, it's good things. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Three. To happen, good things and interesting things to happen. But uh, well, let's, let's talk about the race, shall we? We'll go through team by team um, and just talk about the race more generally as well. If you're happy to do that, um, yeah. We'll start at the very back of the grid, which ended up being Williams, BMW, Juan Pablo Montoya didn't finish, <laughs> Ralph Schumacher didn't finish. Uh, it wasn't good for either of them. Tommy T, Juan Pablo Montoya, absolute cracker after the safety car restart. He was, was great, good. wasn't he? Oh, yeah. He was spot on. Like um, for a rookie, he was driving so well and you just feel disappointed. Obviously, it came good later in the season for him. Um, uh, but, yeah, like really, really impressive to go up against those big titans of talent that were ahead of him. Um, but yeah, just unlucky. And it was a shame that, I mean, there's nothing to do with him. It's absolutely yeah. not his uh. fault at all. As I said, it was Jos Verkrashen <laughs> who absolutely misjudged it in his orange branded arrows and came up yeah. behind him and completely took off his rear wing and it was just no good. Uh. But the, the pass that happened is it was a back marker as well, let's not forget. And oh, I wonder if there was another incident with the Verstappen and a back marker at Brazil of note. <laughs> Can't think of anything. Um, and Ocon and pink. <clears throat> anyway, but the, just the idiocy. The, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the idiocy of that, we'll it was so unnecessary. Uh, I think he was had a Sauber or the Acer Prost car near him too to try and sort of defend, mm. but he just got into the slipstream of one Pablo Montoya who was just breaking for out, the racing line in himself, the Apex. Yeah. Yeah. And just went straight into the back of him. And it was oh, really a shame because he yeah. really like, and the, the way that one player Montoya got past Michael Schumacher um, oh, after the pit stop move. was incredible. He was safety sent guard. it down the inside of the Minardi. Um, sorry, safety guard. Sent it down the inside of the Minardi and it forced Schumacher to go around the other side, but also blue great. flags, blue flags uh, for the Minardi. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, no good. But Ralph Schumacher started in second and it was just, Absolutely downhill from there. He pitted a couple of times and that was no good. Campy, uh, it's, I mean, driving for Williams too, he had the pace yep. almost of his brother, uh, but look, it wasn't to be. Look, Ralph was never like as accomplished as his brother, but by God, on his day, that guy was quick and, you know, could beat anybody. Never really had the car, but, I mean, he had cars on tracks like today, but he got taken out by Rubens lap one. So <laughs> Rubens, like, braked into him. Was it? And uh, I don't think it was lap one. It was after the restart, I think. So It was, yeah. Yeah, and uh, shame for him, I mean. Had, you, you saw him. I, I like the fact that he goes into the pits, gets his rear wing changed. They replace it. He's four laps down and he comes out and he still, you know, still races the race. Still passing people, trying to unlap himself. I, I, I like seeing that. I think yeah, that's a yeah. good result for our sport. Um, they should bring a bit of that back. Uh, I, know, I, I know it's difficult. Why would you try and do it these days, engine allocations and stuff like that? It was a different time back then. But, uh, yeah, a bit of a shame for Ralph uh, getting taken out like he did. I mean, you saw what his teammate was doing up the front. Just not an all-round all good day for Williams, was it? <laughs> it sounds pretty familiar to recent times <laughs> too. Yeah. They were dominant back then, weren't they? This was they the, were. This was and BMW Williams. as well, Campy, the yeah. involvement of BMW. Like yep. that was nice to see that onboard shot of Juan Pablo Montoya coming through the back section of Interlagos and the big BMW logo in the middle of the wheel. Just like I think that looks really, really great. That's cool. Uh, I bet be great to have them. 
they were a pretty good, they were a really competitive team up until 2005, I believe it was, when Mark Webber went there and it was like, oh, what's this? <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Mark Webber goes That's anywhere. Mark, which, is, oh, which is a real shame. But, um, oh. you know, I mean, that, that team on paper was a pretty good team to go to. But, you know, that was, it's 05 was a real start of its downfall. I mean, it got a bit of a kickback up when we went to the Turbo, turbo Hybrid era. But, uh, yeah, a bit of a shame. Well, it's not. It's not really. I mean, Williams have had some great res- results historically, but uh, yeah, not this weekend. Bit of a shame. Jaguar Cosworth, uh, Birdie. I didn't see much of. He went out with an engine failure, but Eddie Irvine had a couple of spins. Jeez, uh, my favourite one. My favourite one was when the camera was pointed on Michael Schumacher and he went off around uh, six and between six and seven and he went just kept cooking it and there was kind of like some smoke just off the left of shot. Like, oh, they cut to another camera and there's him going off and Irvine just took this full 360 next to Interesting. Um, And it's worth probably talking about here. That livery is exactly how I remember it too. I was going to say, that livery is the worst livery on the frigging grid. That was disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh. I really you, like it. Campy, yeah, you, like camping, it too, you can have yeah. it. I mean, no, that's the bottom for me. The British racing grind. <laughs> it's also worth probably talking about here because of all, obviously, the spins is we haven't mentioned the weather yet at Interlagos yeah. and we obviously started with a, a dry race and around lap 40 is when it all started going on uh, yeah. and some rain. This is the kind of weather that we like. It kind of is like, oh, mm. it's a little bit wet, you know, DC didn't pit, Michael Schumacher pit and that caused a bit of issues later on. Um, but Campy, when we say it rains at Dave Munnis, if you don't mind arranging this, this is the kind of vibe that we want <laughs> later on, yep. kind of like Russia this year, right? Later on, yep. it throws yep. a bit of jeopardy. When do you pit? Is it worth it? All that sort of yep. other stuff. We want like a good solid five-minute like Melbourne dumping of rain. Yep. So you and have then to go choose. away yeah. really quickly and then Yeah, dry. and then the sun comes back out. Yep. Uh, you know, so over the whole scheme of it, it's like a 15-minute exercise to get back from – you know, from perfect racing conditions from the start of the rain back to perfect racing positions is like 15 to 18 minutes and then it's like perfect chaos over, settle back into the race. Yeah, people have crashed out that you don't like and uh, <laughs> <laughs> the people you want to win get up the front. That's just that's how it works. Uh, yeah, that's how it works, but that's what we want. So uh, but uh, I just remember the onboard of Montoya when he's out the front, I think it was about yeah. – Lap 35, and they were talking about him doing the one-stop because they were all astounded that he had that pace, you know, going to run the one-stop, and then you could just see the clouds in the background. They were just coming yeah. from everywhere. I was like, oh, this is going to get interesting because that's when the race really got interesting, about 40 when the rain came because, I mean, we had yeah. an interesting start, but it didn't really get exciting until, you know, that lap 40-odd. Yeah. But these dry tyres were – they still had grooves. They weren't true slicks, were they? They yeah. – I mean, they're going to move some water. They're not going to move all the water like you'd want a full wet to. But it's, I would prefer to be on these dry tyres than I would to be on modern-day dry tyres, that's for sure. Yep. Like what we've got at the moment are just literally ice skates. The other yeah. part I really enjoyed while we're quickly talking about tyres was yes, yes. the aggression of everyone leaving the pit box after a pit stop. Oh, yeah. Just lit them up. And were they fully engaged their engines while up on the jacks, which is now illegal, right? They were. Revving- I think it was. I think it was when they were down off of the jacks and they were refueling. So oh, they went refueling. into first yeah. gear, but they were sitting at yeah. that release oh, clutch point. But you're right; it looks them. like. But also because the car just sits a little higher, it seems like than yeah. current day cars. Oh, uh, but lit them up on the way out, didn't they? Oh, it was like off the grid when they did the you know the formation lap. Yeah. It's just pouring smoke off the back of Schumacher's car. Like, oh, is he okay? Oh, yeah, he's just laying down some rubber. It's just, just, just None of this, in that we need box. three and a half burnouts on the way to your pet entry. That's oh. just like, what's half a burnout? Oh, geez. Half a burnout. Yeah, can you just measure half the tyre plate? Oh, no, you've done a full burnout. <laughs> knocking 20 mil off your contract. That's point four, actually, mate. Sorry. Go back and do a little point one. That'll provide us optimum <laughs> clutch and temperature. Warm. Jeez. Oh, it's insane, isn't it? But no, I think that, that was fun. Also, quickly on the pits, how useless hmm. were some of these pit stops? Oh. It was like they just grabbed some dudes off the street. They did not know what they were doing half the time. We see the ultimate precision now. Well, We've had a little bit of shaky with rule changes this year, but like in comparison, this was just clown show. Some yeah. of the dudes, I think one of the better ones was like 
a six or a seven second one that I think DC had, but there was, it wasn't uncommon for nine and a half. I think I've got here for Schumacher, and he was just like frustrated. Yeah, remember they're going. refueling too. I yeah, did make that point. Yeah, you're right. It's not a massive, but they're spending rush. five or six seconds just trying to disconnect the fuel. You yeah, know, hose like there was a few of those. And wasn't as you there? say, the commentators are like. Oh, they're finding it a bit tricky to get the fuel hose out of the car. <laughs> it's a bit <laughs> tricky, mate. He's been stuck well, someone there for took six off seconds. With it still attached, didn't they? They <laughs> come back. Yeah. I, wa- yeah. I wonder why we don't refuel anymore. Mm. But it throws jeopardy in, doesn't it? It's like what level it do does. you start at? Just how much faster how can the car be? Yeah, it's very, very interesting. But look, Brazil is a great track. I, I looks like we're going there in 2021 still. But we haven't been told that that's not a vibe. So that's only in a, a couple of weeks' time, which is going to be fantastic. But I it was seeing, you know, it was so good, I should say, seeing this track again. Uh, I have missed it on the calendar, that is for sure. This is cracking like, track. Let's talk about Arrow's Asia Tech. <laughs> I love title sponsors Yuck. in this era. <laughs> Um, the orange, the orange. I don't know why they went. Uh, Verstappen, yeah. as we said, DNF. He collided stupidly. Stupid, stupid oh. move. Very, very stupid. Stupid a lot. Um, and <laughs> Binaldi getting out with a hydraulics issue. Campy. Uh, we don't really have the same kind of issue, but this reliability of the early thousands. You almost forget about, don't you, in the turbo hybrid era? Era rather that you know this had a big issue. Like there was lots of problems for a lot of these cars. Yeah, massive problems because they're running the engines. To get the performance out of the car and the engines, I mean, you've got to run them right on the edge of of where they are. I, mean, I remember that McLaren. It doesn't surprise me. The first thing I sat down, I was like, oh, geez, one of these McLarens is going to retire because that's what I remember of the McLaren. Yeah. On its day, it was lightning quicker than absolutely everybody else by a country mile, especially in that, uh, like that DC uh, and um, Mika Hackman era just before that. So like 97, 98, 99, mm-hmm. ill nerve drive for him in 97 and won a championship too. But like, yeah, anyway, uh, it was a part of the sport. And just because they're extracting so much and they're expecting so much performance out of the engines, hence what hence what happens. You go to Grand Prix and sometimes only you'd have nine finishes and that was, you know, that was the norm. I mean, to have seven or eight today... That's unheard of in today's F one, but back then it was it was, it was a normal reality. But it was an extra part of the of the sport that mm. you, you know you miss sometimes because it uh you know it throws up the results. So anyway, mm. also interesting, balance. of course, having the uh, the earth the earthing metal points in the pit stops with the cars yeah. coming over the top. I was like, what the hell are they? Obviously, after not watching Formula One for a while from the refueling era, but. It just seemed yep. funny to me. <laughs> they were just yep. running like, over it. Ah, that makes sense. It does. <laughs> just very bizarre. Little things. Little things. It probably shows that we're not that old. Um, but I feel it today. Minardi <laughs> European. Uh, Marquez, ninth, uh, which wasn't too bad for Minardi. I mean, they, most, everyone else had retired by this point, so I'm pretty sure they were almost <laughs> the last finish, uh, which That's ties it. in for Minardi. But Alonso, yeah. Fernando, again, first year in Formula 1, third race, DNF uh, with an electrical Issue. We didn't see a hell of a lot, Campy, of Nando oh. at the back, but uh, I mean, Minardi wasn't really. Who is the Who is the Minardi of today? Are we like Hass or is Williams kind of the Minardi of today? Sometimes they could do some good stuff, but not often. Uh, yeah, probably Haas. Probably Haas. Maybe maybe this year it would be the Williams, but. Yeah, no, it doesn't. It's not a team that reeks of success, is it? So, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, uh, unless you come I just like to point out, I just wanted Go to on. point out what do we have? We had four world champions, current world champions driving on the grid at Button, the start of this race. Or oh, current, current. So, Schumacher, Mika Hakkinen, yeah, uh, who else? Button, I think Villeneuve, no nah, Villeneuve and Alacy. Oh, all sorry, had world yeah, championships exactly currently. As you said, yeah. Currently, and then we had one Alonso, Button, Raikkonen, and who else? One, one. There's someone else in there. So like seven, uh, seven. I can't. Yeah, put, I, it's, you it's can't incredible. Put Verstappen in then. Like there's seven world champions. And, Champions on the grid driving. I mean, it's pretty. Yeah, it's pretty nuts, isn't it? Yeah, if you could have a crystal ball and go back to 2001, looking. I can't believe we've still got two of them driving now. It's insane. Yeah, (laughs) that's nuts. (laughs) It's ridiculous, is what it is. 
Um, but can I just say with one of the sons of another dude? Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Jeez, actually, very good point. I raced against your dad. Mm. <laughs> Alonzo, though. My dad said he'd fight your dad. <laughs> I like, the only thing Alonzo's changed is his speed dealer son. He's, his hair and everything else is exactly the same. But the speed dealer. He'd still wear the speed dealers, I think, they, if they'd let him. I think the styling team get a hold of it and say, you're not allowed to wear them anymore, mate. They switch him out when he gets to the track. It's just I just have these oh. these memories of him in these silver speed dealer sunnies, reflective <laughs> things. With his long hair and his yeah. big Renault. Obviously, when he went to Renault the, in a couple of years anyway, it was very very good. Yeah. Um, nice to see Alonso on the grid, a name that we see today. Um, here's a team that I genuinely haven't probably didn't even think about back then, but haven't thought about really ever. Prost Acer. Talk about yeah. another um, <laughs> sponsor in Acer. Uh, Campy, do you know much of the history of the Prost team? Not a tiny bit. There's a few teams that I didn't even uh, recognize. That was the team that I didn't recognize, and there was a couple of yeah. drivers that I didn't recognize. But John Lacey uh, driving for them, I didn't even realize yeah. he was there in this year. So, I mean, that's a nice thing to see. Their livery was terrible, Tommy T. Oh, blue and black. That was it. Yeah. No good. Well, um, couldn't tell you who. Mazakane or Marks was just no idea. Hadn't even heard those names in my life. No. So yeah. Well, I mean, there it is. What it is. We'll probably have some people listening who were potentially there. How dare you? Uh, yeah, <laughs> they were great. Probably. Well, sorry, but this look. It's just doing a classic race review. All right. I don't know. What we're talking <laughs> about none of us do. Uh, but John Lacey, eighth. Oh, there you go. Uh, I was going to say finished. No, yeah, he finished ahead of Minardi Classic uh, in a team that probably failed a lot sooner than Minardi did. Um, but Bennett and Renault, this is, here we go, Jensen Button. Um, Campy, Button wasn't really supposed to be driving for this team this year, was he? Where was he supposed to be? He was supposed to be in the Williams. He was supposed mm. to have Montoya's spot. Button was the next young up-and-comer, but uh, I believe Montoya had... Tested for Williams a couple of years earlier. He had um, before going to the States. Before, and he went to the States and just absolutely destroyed Champ Car, which was IndyCar back in the day. And uh, mm-hmm. he said, We've got to get this guy over. Unfortunately for Button, he missed out on this seat. I mean, his career worked out anyway. So, yeah. long term. So, we don't have to worry about that. But at the time, he probably would have been pulling teeth knowing that he could have been in that Williams up yeah. front and performing really well. And uh, driving for, you know, the Benetton that he was in. So, bit of a shame. But, hey, it's, it's motorsport, right? The Benetton didn't, didn't look too bad, Tommy T. It was all right. It, it was, yeah. It's not my favourite. <laughs> I'll tell you who my favourite is when we get to it. All right, all right. But Fizzy, What's here's another name um, who Giancarlo. Couple of laps and then fizzes out for it. Campy, he sort of <laughs> did it again for this race. <laughs> hey, he was quick when he was at Renault. At times, he showed <laughs> some times, genuine pace. Exactly. At times, compared to, uh, It's consistency well, of rea- you not swearing. That's what the consistency is. <laughs> I didn't realise he was under the – Fisichella was under the same management as Weber, um, Alonso, and there was someone else. I want to say it was Yano, truly, but don't quote me on Yano. Yeah, they were all under the uh, Flavio Briatori banner, so, it, you know – I saw a post a, that he's doing something. That's a fun fact something. for that, that guy. Flavio's coming back, I think, in some capacity. I the saw best. a post that he did with um, Stefano Dominicali like last oh, week Google or the week it. before <laughs> where his face like, oh, I feel like we've had enough, Flav, to be honest. Can we probably move on? Nope. <laughs> I'm coming back. I feel, I feel unimportant Deal with so it. I need to make an entrance again. Uh, yeah, but look, button on the grid. That's, okay. Who would have thought that in eight years' time he would be world champion? Uh, really, really cool. Jordan Honda, truly in fifth. Uh, and Heinz Harold Franson was a real shame because he was running in third uh, before he had an, an electrical issue. Um, it was uh, obviously Eddie Jordan sitting on the pit wall looked pretty yeah. fa- frazzled at that point. He did. Um, and truly was was running uh, in fourth for a while as well before then finishing in fifth, of course. Um, but, yeah, Heinz Harold Frenson, uh, I think it was a really great driver, Campy. Do, do you... Remember much of of him in the field? No, I don't. Look, I wasn't a massive like mode, like F one fan back then. I used to watch it because Melbourne was in it. But um, he is, you know, he's regarded as a very good, competent driver. But yeah, just one of those drivers that never really got in the team to uh, 
<laughs> yeah, never really gotten a team that got consistent results that you talk about for years on years. But I mean, geez, he was unlucky today, wasn't he? He was but, unlucky. Uh, mm. Yeah, geez, he's running in third, was pretty secured. Yes, yeah, some things happened, but he got a great start. What did he start? 11th odd, or and uh, yeah, you know, I think he was six, but after the start of the safety car, and then some things happened in front of him, and uh, he just continued and continued there's some genuine pace in the car um you know he was definitely that 35 to 40 seconds behind the the uh the mock schumacher at the time but pretty consistent but hey that's what happens when you make mistakes do you make a mistake i'm just I'm going no away. electrical issue electrical. That's, that's right he, yeah, yeah he just had to yeah. pull off the track but uh yeah, yeah I but mean, that was late on that was like with five lap within five laps of the end so yeah yeah and he was running for a podium but don't forget of course tommy t um the camp the Aston Martin campus is replacing where these guys went Ooh. back to um, yeah. as their head offices, the Jordan offices. Uh, yeah. But do you like this livery? Yellow? This is my favourite livery. Yay, there it is. The I thought it would be. The high vis. It was great. Yeah, bring it back. Better uh, than high vis pink, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> the head of BWT would disagree with you completely. The cars look rubbish on the grid. No, I thought it was right, great. I, I liked seeing Eddie Jordan as well wearing high vis. He looked great. And he Eddie Jordan on the pit wall. Didn't he? he did. He just. I mean, I'm sure it would be great to have a conversation with Eddie Jordan at one point. It would. But it oh, just character. It just. Who feels do you reckon like, we're going to see of like drivers in our era now that we've kind of been Lakeside Drive's been around for, or Oz F1 before that? Mm-hmm. Who do you reckon we're going to see start teams or be heads of teams and kind of move into that arena? Is there anyone? Danny who, Rick will be the next Jackie Stewart for sure. <laughs> Just a barrel of laughs. Just wearing all the a time. kilt around unnecessarily <laughs> being incredibly inappropriate. Yeah, exactly. Arseless <laughs> chaps and a basketball. Arseless <laughs> chaps. <laughs> oh. He'd go for it. Can I let me while we're on Danny Rick, can we have a sidebar here? Again, a current day yeah. sidebar. Uh, I don't care. This is the official Lakeside Drive opinion on this topic. I don't care if Danny Rick has a girlfriend. Stop asking me. Stop messaging me if I've heard the news, if I know anything. No, I don't care. All right? Just let me put that there. That we're not – Campy is the gossip column writer in this. Yeah. Message him. Go to no, thomasjcamp.com.au. Yeah. Mom, this is, <laughs> when, we were, when, we were, when we were recording DR's the uh, – we were recording the podcast on Monday night. We're doing the the Coda review. Yes. My missus sent me a text saying, "Oh, Daniel Ricardo's got a new girlfriend," and linked me to the thing. And I just like <laughs> the amount of f-ks that I do not give about that guy's personal life. He's got a girlfriend. Awesome. Apparently, it's Gerhard Berger's daughter talking about. Oh, we don't driver. need to talk. So, we don't need to make. I knew that. I don't know. Look, uh, who cares? Seriously, who we aren't talking about that rubbish. But yeah. I've just been reading some tabloids about Flavio. Apparently, he's got a new wife, so that's why he's coming back to us now. <laughs> wow, wow! <laughs> you can get all this and more at thomasjcamp.com.au for an update on his blog. Well, you pulled up Flavia, so I thought I'd Google yeah. it quickly because you said you teased to come back to F1. And he just uh, said something coming off. soon. I didn't realise it was another divorce. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. Oh, excellent. <laughs> excellent. Uh, oh, very good. My face hurts. B-A-R <laughs> Honda. Olivier Panis, by the way, uh, he started in 11th, not... Um, Howard Frenson, but 11th to 4th uh, was a mega effort by him, especially yeah. in this Honda. Um, incredible drive, finished in 4th, as I said, and uh, Jacques Villeneuve in 7th. Uh, Villeneuve was not having a good time out. Uh, Tommy T, he's kind of all over the place, had a couple Just of offs. unlucky. Yeah. Mm. Wrong place, wrong time. Just couldn't get together. Still walked away with 7th, just out of the points, though. <laughs> In this I would era, love in to go era, back he'd to be old, great. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to. I'd love to bring old points era into oh. new. Like, we should back go back and do that. And for then this we could season. Just, we could still be laughing at George. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. Yeah, but Olivier Panis, good, great drive from him. Um, yeah. Shame that he missed the the podium because I really think that he deserved it with the drive that he did. Um, and Bar Honda team, great pit stops as well. Well, yeah. not maybe not all. The time when they went for wets, they had Villeneuve stuck behind uh, Olivier Double for ages and, ages and ages and ages and ages. And the commentary was, 
it seems they've got some work to do down at BAR Honda. <laughs> it's like, yes, some work. Good. Maybe. Good point. You could Maybe. just about flip a coin whether you like the next race review, whatever we do, you could flip a coin whether or not Honda's involved here. <laughs> <laughs> They're it's in about and out. That. I can't yeah. decide. It's oh. literally a coin toss. <laughs> uh, Sauber. Uh, back when Sauber was Sauber is Sauber. Uh, Heidfeld in third takes his first Formula One podium in podium, this yeah. race. Uh, great for him. Um, shame for Kimi though. Uh, young Kimi, very young Kimi. Baby Lots Kimi. of exuberance in that face. His eyes. <laughs> his lips <laughs> said more alive. than two words. Bit of a possum. It was, but he went off. Like where he went off was very much into like the grass. He found a little bit of a rush as well and he just was just heading backwards whilst jumping around a lot in the car. It didn't seem like it was a very good uh, thing for him. Kimmy got a point in his first race in Melbourne. Yeah. He did. Yeah. Finishing out with the Imagine coming through Imagine coming through those junior categories racing Alonzo, Kimmy. Button, you know, and you you go on. How on earth am I going to get a spot? Yeah. In hindsight, looking back, but there wasn't. James Courtney actually raced toe to toe the V8 supercar driver. He raced toe to toe with those guys, those guys right throughout their junior formulas, and uh, he was supposed to make his debut with Jaguar, I think, in two thousand and four, two thousand and five. But Mark Webber took his seat, so maybe it was a bit later on. But he was beaten. He was like. Genuinely, one of the best talents that yeah. um, Australia's ever seen for Formula One, it's especially in single seaters in Europe at that time. He he was making Alonso and those guys look almost second rate by some of his performances. But genuine shame. He had a he had a big crash at Monza, I believe, in an F one car when he was testing for someone, which Michael Schumacher pulled him out of and. Yeah, Schumacher just thought he was dead afterwards. So wow. anyway, I think I listened to a podcast. Uh, I think it was a Howie Games with James Courtney. It was three or four years ago. But go back and have a listen because that cracking interview about his junior formula and a junior career in uh, in in Europe. Yeah, that's what listener needs. Campy plugs from an independent podcast. Cheers. <laughs> 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 Thanks. <laughs> he doesn't care. Look at him. No, look at him. Oh, what's, what's an independent podcast? I wouldn't know. <laughs> this? I don't know. The one that you're on? <laughs> the two that you're on? My goodness. Uh, yeah, but anyway, Kimmy, on the grid, interesting. Third third time out, sponsored by Red Bull. Um, he's gone through all of the, the major sponsors, hasn't he, with Mercedes, he Red Bull, Ferrari, um, and yep. now his sponsor, Dilly Gaff. Uh, his major sponsor is Dilly Gaff, to be honest. <laughs> do you, you don't know do you what that stands he remembers for? any of his sponsors or teams or he just doesn't nah. care? No. It'd be interesting to see how Sauber do next year and see if they're in a similar position to be fighting around that sixth position yeah. with VB. Um, be interesting if VB's ahead of the Mercedes of George Russell in a, in a Sauber. Oh, amazing. Uh, let's it, talk about Ferrari, shall we? Campy, Michael Schumacher. Uh, look, a bit of a masterclass, it had to be said, on the opening lap. Um, he yeah. was lucky, of course, to not have any pressure um, from Mika Hakkinen, but he absolutely blitzed his brother off the start and by turn three or four, it was almost a two-second gap. It was like genuinely Huge. ridiculous how far up the road he got compared to the rest of the grid. Yeah, it didn't do anything wrong on the first lap. Uh, I think I think he had the pace in that car to run away from Juan Pablo if he had a maintained that safety track position. Yeah. Oh, man, he was running lower fuel and they pit, I know they pitted him earlier so we still don't know how much fuel they actually had in the car at that stage but uh, they were playing around with strategies a bit. But, yeah, lightning quick. I mean, he may <laughs> – Made some mistakes in the wet though, right? Yeah. You know? Uh, just pushing yeah. a little too hard, do you think? Or is it just the conditions just were getting away ready. from him? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I, I just, yeah, conditions getting away, but I just think you could make mistakes in those cars just the way they drove back in the day. And but, you but that could McLaren get away was with them. so stuck in the wet, wasn't it? Ah, uh, yeah. Just looked the well, most. We'll get to, solid we'll get to DC's setup. Driving on rails, but. I feel like you could get away with a bit more in those cars back then. Whereas today, if you if Schumacher made those mistakes today, it's like he's losing, you know, at least 10, 10 spots yeah. easily. Mm. So, uh, yeah, look, it's still phenomenally quick. I mean, we, that was the re- the second year of his era. 
So he's at the top of his powers and only getting better at that stage. Mm. Yeah, the car over one lap was extremely quick. Yeah. yeah. But then, I mean, we talk about tyres and things. I think looking back, it's a bit of a taint. You know, I think it taints our sport a bit. Um, not that people in the media talk about it that often, but if you're a true fan, you remember those things and still get frustrated by them when you when you go back and watch. So, uh, yeah, super talent though, super quick. Good result it's for him. One of the, the best holds, I think, or saves he had was uh, just after oh. DC – had come out of the pits for wets and he was going yep. through turn four, I think it was, uh, and he was like half spun the car but just yeah. put the right lock on, the opposite steering lock, to just stop it from totally to spinning it. and keep yep. it pointing Caught in the right wild, direction. He? he did. Yep. Like it just You saw Juan Pablo do that as well. I mean, the yeah. commentators are talking about Juan Pablo, particularly out of the last turn onto the straight. Yeah. Very aggressive nice on drift. his right foot yep. down. It was a nice drift, wasn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. but he had to correct the, like, the oversteer and yeah. snap, but it didn't seem to affect the rest of the lap or the rest of the straight. It just, no. like... If you did that today, that would you'd lose oh. positions from the guy yeah. behind you. Yeah, um, and your tires would be cooked for the rest of the race. Yeah, 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 totally. But you just don't seem like back then those mistakes or the aggressiveness. You could catch them and react a bit sure. quicker, and it wasn't so detrimental to your lap time. So. Yeah, one of my, one of my favorite things was um, Michael afterwards talking about when he got past and how he was like, "No, nope, that was a fine." He kind of pushed me off, but that's racing. Like the way he actually kind of. Didn't blame anyone, didn't kind of yep. complain. He was like, no, that's racing. He's like, that's yep, good racing. A little racing. bit of touch, like, what? which is fine. Yeah, a little bit of touch, a little bit. I was like, well, that's refreshing to be like, I don't know. Yeah, but <laughs> wait, wait till later on, <laughs> yeah. Juan Pablo versus Michael Schumacher. It's, it's cute now, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like, that was the start. Oh, that was very polite, you know. Uh, uh, Schumacher did some dodgy stuff. I don't know. I think it was uh, Barcelona. He's like, yeah, there's a good, like, he was the master of mind games as well, wasn't he? Ten Maybe just the start of it. Oh, yeah. Ten second TikTok video of, oh, no, he didn't see me. He didn't see me. I was right beside him. He didn't see me. Uh, if he has TikTok, on. what? Nah, just these little shorts on YouTube come up sometimes that you see <laughs> these funny stuff and Juan Pablo is taking the piss out of Michael. It's just hilarious. <laughs> I'm shocked. I'll, yep. I'll find it and send it to you. Shorts on James. YouTe equals TikTok to Campy. Uh, is that what it is? No. I don't know. Is it TikTok? No. <laughs> this is called YouTube there Shorts. You Mate, the fact that you're watching video content and are happy to post a link in a forum somewhere, being our Discord, is great. It's great from you. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. You're doing very well, mate. It's very good. Just, Here's your Nokia 3310. Make sure you charge the battery every five weeks because it just holds you know the battery I'm forever. Them, I'm watching fly fishing videos at the moment. I just can't get enough of it. Fly what? fishing. And RC planes. Oh, I love those things. Not drones, RC planes. Oh, going old school. What, Jesus, uh, what, RC, what model RC plane would you like? If, if we were to buy you something for your birthday, are we like are you like a mini scale A380 or 747 or do you want like a no. fighter jet or do you just want no. like, like a barren kind of looking thing? I just want one of those ones with like, they're like 50 bucks. They're polystyrene. You crash them once and it's all over, but they've got a little <laughs> turbo in the back that shoots air out the back, acts like a thruster, and it's good to go. It's so good we need gold, about so. 10 of those for your first attempt then if you crash yeah. once. No, a friend of mine's got them and they're great fun. So. That would be great content to film anyway. absolutely irrelevant to Lakeside Drive but would just be but great also, content watching you figure out thing, do it figuring out how to fly Lakeside a Drive. car <laughs> I'll get the the swear machine ready the beat machine ready I'm, sm- that <laughs> I'm smarter than I look I'll show you <laughs> uh, Rubens not smarter than oh. he looks there we go terrible but um, no good for like oh, he didn't even get around the uh, the opening or the, the formation lap uh, here's a question for you Tommy T first do you think teams should have spare cars right now Ooh. in 2021 no. I'd like to see it I'd like to see it, but I think there should be a penalty associated with it the following week or something or yep. maybe not on the day. I think you go, okay, well, you can have the car today, but next week you're going to have to take a 10-place drop or something. I just I want to see everyone race, especially Rubens in his home race. Like that's what you want. That's what we all want is to, for him to have a crack, especially in the Ferrari, which was so competitive then. He had a chance to win. Uh, yeah. But through no fault of his own, just 
Yeah. Well, well yeah, it was, in, it was something. Standard Ferrari second driver. Things just go wrong when they should go <laughs> right. And they're going, oh, we need to set up, you know, reset up the car, the second car, because it's set up for Michael. So we'll just set it up for you, Rubens. Uh, yeah, and as the commentary said, you know, it was like an unfamiliar car for him. It's not uh, even a conspiracy no anymore. It's just like. <laughs> <laughs> But Ruben's great. Like, I mean, mega driver, uh, very yeah. unlucky, of course, but he did collect the back of Ralph Schumacher, which was his fault. Um, yep. Whether or not it was the car because he just wasn't used to it and outbraked himself, as you said about uh, the crash and Tommy T. Um, yep. It was kind of a weird manoeuvre, though, weird place and bizarre yeah. that, you know, Ralph managed to get away as without as much damage. I mean, one of Ruben's tires was like, see you later, and you know, oh, went on ahead of him. We forget that tethers are so important now because they don't fly Indeed. off like that anymore. Indeed. Yeah. Was it was that incident at Melbourne, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. A bit back where it flew yeah. into the crowd. Yeah, it flew through that gravel trap and just kept going. It probably went, I don't know, hundreds of metres. But, yeah, it, it looked like um, Ralph was going to be able to keep going until he didn't have a rear spoiler. And <laughs> everything was like, we're done. Yeah, that was no good. Uh, McLaren Mercedes, best livery, I think, for McLaren. I love Papaya now, but when I think about McLaren Mercedes, I think think. exactly of this car, the 2001 car. I think about Mika. I think about DC. I think about the fresh young chin on DC as he was smiling, (laughs) holding up that trophy. I think Vodafone Lewis. I reckon that's where I go. Oh, look, it's okay to be oh, wrong, Tommy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what my brain does. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry for the wrong opinion. But yeah, look, I'm with you. I love Silver it. Silver and black. Yeah, and West. just 2001. Oh, yeah. West, exactly. And yeah. like the Mika and the David with, you know, and then the Kimmy when he came in in the same similar vibe to West. Yep. Oh, I just big fan. And I was so happy that DC won this race. I think I was happy back when it was on and I was very happy again. I'd forgotten <laughs> who'd won, which was a nice thing for me. I was like, did one Pablo Montoya win this race? And yeet. Oh, no, he didn't. Okay, good. <laughs> who won then? I don't know. Uh, but to see DC, very, very good. Of course, uh, good points for him in the third. We obviously know that he didn't end up ever getting a World Drivers Championship, but this was on for him. He just turned 30. Yep. Um, this was like the season that he could have a proper crack, couldn't he, Tommy T, at Ferrari, yeah. at Schumacher to try and break that dominance. But uh, it was really great. Like the way that he oh. drove the car, as he said after the race as well, he and his engineers set up the car for the rain. So yeah. there's the reason why he wasn't so quick to begin with, that explains it. But he mm-hmm. was closing that gap to Juan Pablo and Michael pretty yep. consistently and then yep. just yep. hung around in third position, oh, came just alive, didn't let them didn't go it? away. Yeah. Yeah. And as soon as it got wet, like you saw him on the on the uh, dry tire. I nearly said soft then because that's not what it was. But on the dry <laughs> tire, he still had it together. He was losing time, but not as much as anyone else. Mm. Uh, and when he put those those full wets on, he was flying. And that thing was on rails, like Campy said. Um, yeah. Just they took the, took the risk and set it up for the wet, and it paid off. Yeah, and as you said, t- totally different from the Ferrari in terms of setup wise, of yeah. course, being yep. in the wet. But the confidence he had, also, oh. what's a pit lane entry line in Interlagos oh. in two thousand and one? Do you want? Almost, yeah. They were almost like going up straight love, to the barrier. Love that. <laughs> the first Just couple laps, I was like, back. "Geez, they're pitting early." Never mind. <laughs> Still going down the next stretch. Use very, all of the track. <laughs> very, very interesting. Uh, but yeah, fantastic. Look, it's, it was ends. It was three seconds um, ahead. Sorry, it was three seconds behind Michael uh, at one point. That's not right. Hang on, let me start that again. When he was on dry tires in the wet, he was just obviously, as you said, really struggling. Um, but Michael pit a lap early. He had that pace, and because they were fresh rubber, of course, and it was still a lot of water on on the track, Michael managed to make up that gap. That half spin that he had, Michael, I'm talking about in that turn four, meant that DC was able to claw back that time that he'd lost in being out on the dry uh, and then just hunted him down. And this is where he passed, of course, as I said earlier on, passing that Minardi, that back marker, on the inside, just sent it. Alongside oh. Michael. Like that was a very DR move if we want to talk about modern yep. day Formula One in terms oh. of just having that confidence in the car. Uh, but, yeah, as Michael said after the the, um, the race in the press conference, it's good. Like, you know, effectively it's like he deserves that win because he drove the wheels off it. Yep. Hey, first win. It was his first win in F1 too, wasn't it? 
Yeah, I, I think very happy about it. Previous year, but first win oh, this right. year for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. first win for this year. But Mika Hakkinen, it's got to be good. Got to be good passing, Michael Schumacher. Oh, and the way he did it too was yeah. just epic. Yeah, it was confidence. He I remember totally Mark Webber lapped Michael Schumacher once in his Red Bull, and he's just said that it's just absolute That's delight weird. for all the things. <laughs> that, yeah. No, or well, just because he'd been lapped so many times by him in his career to get one back on him, you know. I mean, but to pass Michael Schumacher for a win, yeah, in wet oh. in Brazil, geez, that's in turn yeah. one, in like yep. in the spot where in you the can spot. send it, you can be Not rewarded. Many people get to say that, do they? No, yeah. and if you if you misjudge it, you're going straight ahead, or you have a big accident, and you yep. know you bugger it, but. It was it was genuinely brilliant to watch. Uh, as I said, Mika Hakkinen, disaster for him. Tommy T was waving his hands about before yeah. he even had the lights on. Speaking of no big accident, I was expecting that to be carnage Huge. when he couldn't get started. Oh. I don't know how they avoided him so well. Who was directly behind him? Because they did a great move. Oh, it was it was um, DC. DC was directly behind him. He was in fifth, I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure, and just mm-hmm. jumped straight at the way. He angled his car almost like it jumped diagonally. He did it that yep. quickly. Obviously, I think that was because Mika was waving his hand so early yeah. uh, because he knew something was wrong. But and up and over the airbox too. Airbox like as if well you notice to make his sure. right hand was a lot higher. Yeah, um, for sure. It was truly for me that was almost the collected Mika moment. Like it was really just sort of oh. last minute tucked out of the way. Um, yep. <laughs> but let's talk about track safety, shall we? Let's talk about stewards. <laughs> and, oh, sorry, not stewards. And marshals on the track. Uh, <laughs> of course, lap one. Oh, well, Amika's car's there. What are we going to do? We're going to deploy the safety car. And where's the safety gonna, car going to pick them up? Oh, outside of the pits. Okay, so nothing, <laughs> not even close to where the accident or the car is. No. Let's just wave yellows and hope they I slow imagine, down. I imagine before seeing it, I was like, okay, well, obviously the car will remain there, but Mika and all of the crew will get off the get track out. as all the cars. Yep. But nope. Oh, just standing just there, stand there, literally next to the car as watching the rest of the cars, but I'm just watching them. I hope you don't hit me. <laughs> and but like just astounding. And also just parking cars. Oh, you're broken. Like Rubens. Oh, we'll just leave, leave it over here. Love Love just leave it there. Love I'm about that, that, to be honest. Leave it over there. It's an obstacle. That was the first but the car that we kept seeing in the shot was his first car. <laughs> yeah, on the side. Was. <laughs> There's two Rubens cars scattered around into Lagos. Where's the other one? Careful someone doesn't take it home for a souvenir, like the DRS oh, sign from Coda yeah. that someone took from last weekend. And into Lagos is like that is a nightmare of a track to retrieve cars from. Oh, yeah. Told. So, yeah. Yeah. Just the way the layout is. So. Well, there you go, lads. There is a classic race review. Overall, Tommy T, give me your thoughts about what it's like going back and watching a classic race, especially compared to a current season. Well, we've we've done two now. We've done two very different eras, and I think I prefer this era mm. just because it's more kind of I know a few more of the people. I've seen them drive more recently. Um, it was great. I think we should do more from this kind of era onwards closer to our era. I think it would be really interesting. Uh, I liked it. I really enjoyed it. Cappy? Yeah, loved it. Love it. Love everything about this sport. Love the sound. Love the cars, the personalities. Commentary's way better from back then. <laughs> <Doing well. laughs> everything about it's good. Old school is better. <laughs> there you go. I agree. Loved it. As I said, I think this is my favourite looking car, 2001. It's before we started getting more aerodynamic bits and pieces, like the 2004 also looks good, but just more random fins and stuff started to appear. So for me, this is the best, that McLaren livery, McLaren Mercedes livery. Chef's kiss from me. <laughs> well, lads, look, in a week's time, we have Mexico, which is very, very exciting. Back into current day 2021. Uh, here's a question for you. If you are Sergio Perez and you're leading the Mexican Grand Prix and Max Verstappen is in second behind you and Red Bull come over the radio and say, we needed to give the first place to Max to get that driver's championship across the line. Tommy T, what do you do? If I'm Checo, no. Nah. Mm. You hold on? Yep. Campy? Yeah, I'm not giving like, pa- to Tell him to pass me on track. I never do what I'm told. No, not a chance. <laughs> Can confirm. Can, yes, absolutely <laughs> confirm. Checo, he's not me, and he's yeah. giving up that spot every day of the week. I reckon be interesting. I just, I just wanted to throw that at you because I think it's an yeah. interesting thought now, of course, as we're getting to the very pointy end of the Drivers' Championship and Max is there. Mm. Uh, of course, I think 
you know, Red Bull, as I think you said, Campy, Red Bull want to win the World Drivers' Championship with Max because more people remember who wins the Drivers' Championship than the Constructors, of course. Yep. So there'll be big efforts there. Uh, we know Checo's good around here. A couple of years ago when he considered sixth the win, was it? A sixth or seventh right. he came yeah. in the racing points. Like, I consider it a win. As good as. Basically a win. Hmm. Uh, not really. He's in a machine that it can actually do it now. Potentially in a car. And especially if we've seen the last couple of races, you know, as I said last in the race review for Coda, that he's found his own setup style now with this car. Potentially, as he knows this track very, very well, he'll find a good setup there. But Campy, in terms of this track, overall, who do you think we're going to see come out on top? Is this a Red Bull, McLaren, or a Mercedes, or a Ferrari now track? No, this is a Red Bull track every day of the week. It has been for going back. I mean, Danny Rick had pole of the year in 2018, I believe, before he moved on. I think if you look at the results from the last couple of years, I think Max has won too. So, yeah, this is a Red Bull track. They'll be looking for at least a win for Max, if not a one-two. But they'll be look. They'll be wanting to get you know Max's championship lead up above that twenty-five point yeah. uh, mark, and I will be jumping on my uh, what do you call it this weekend, Tommy? Fair mega driver, uh, turboing Max. So. Well, you can Love Mega that. Max, Mega Max, Mega, do yeah, that. Sorry, you turbo uh, the only reason I ask <laughs> is because traditionally the United States has been a Mercedes track, which is why I Megged Lewis last time. And it was no, yeah, correct. Well, I mean, no shot of any winning. Uh, but look, if you're listening <laughs> and you have a fantasy team, don't forget to change your fantasy name. We are giving away some merchandise at the end of the year, which is not that far away. It is only a couple of weeks away now uh, for the best name and, of course, uh, top three. So we some merch flying around all over the world. We ship all over the world, by the way. If you want a T-shirt and you live in the Cayman Islands, Freya, you can have a T-shirt. You live anywhere, UK, US, we deliver all over the place. So thank you to you for listening to this podcast. As I said earlier on, uh, thank you for subscribing on our YouTube channel. Makes a big difference. Uh, Don't forget to jump across to our Discord server uh, and join the conversation there. And a massive thank you to Lewis as well, who's running our social media uh, doing a very, very good job there. Uh, We really appreciate his involvement. So if you could go and show him some love on Instagram and Facebook, please go and do that too. Well, lads, looking forward to chatting all things Mexico, of course, Sunday at 10.30 Australian Eastern Daylight Time is when we will have our pre-drinks podcast, a Mexican pre-drinks podcast, uh, and then 5.30 Monday after Australian Eastern Daylight Time is the race review. Uh, That's it for now. We will see you in a couple, well, in a couple of days, really, for the Mexican Grand Prix. Yeah. No, I've been like cracked the shit. So now that shops are open, I'll just go buy it. Yeah, fair enough. Um, too. Went to the post office. And you like, can't go to the shops. You're not double vax, though, mate. I'm double vax. You tip. <laughs> Did you get the second one, mate? <laughs> not with saline, though. Uh, the actual vaccine. Second one cost me two grand this time. <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> no one was surprised. Yeah, I can't link it up to my phone, though. That does not surprise me in the slightest. Oh, dude. If you go to Common Folk and ask for Tommy T and help with some help with technical No, he can't get in. He's not double vax. <laughs> <laughs>